Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Actors were asked uh, what they bought with their first Hollywood paycheck. And uh, by the way, a lot of them, of course, not getting paychecks uh, these days. And I just read this stat that I thought was interesting. Like 95% of all uh, SAG members, so that's the union. Screen Actors Guild? Yeah. They only make like 65 grand a year. Like 95%. Yeah. We hear about the top echelon, of course. Yeah. So if you think, oh, those rich, greedy, rich, greedy Hollywood types, that's just not the case. Uh, so when actors first got a decent Hollywood paycheck, what did they buy? Jennifer Aniston said she bought a used Mercedes that turned out to be a lemon. <laughs> Emma Watson bought a Prius, a laptop, and took her dad to a trip to Tuscany. Okay. Well, that's nice. Oprah Winfrey, she bought fluffy Ralph Lauren towels. Of course she did. Right. Tom Cruise, he paid for one sister's college tuition and bought his other sister a car. Nice. Yeah. Good guy, that Tommy. You mentioned Jennifer Aniston. There's a great uh, interview clip she does with Adam Sandler. They were mm-hmm. talking about one of their recent movies. But and she asked him, she's like, you bought your co-stars in other movies, like, uh, like cars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess he hadn't given her one. All right. <laughs> he, tra- he tried to say that he had bought her three Ferraris, but every time they went to have them delivered, someone said, no, get that out of here. <laughs> but she walked off set. I, I, I still don't know whether or not that was true or, or they were acting. Now, mentioning Tom Cruise, you're going to see the movie today, right? Yes. So you played golf yesterday. Uh-huh. And you're going to go sit in the dark theater. What time are you going to the movies? Uh, 3 o'clock. Oh, so you're going to be out cold by 3.15. Well, I'm hoping to have a nap before it, but we'll see. <laughs> you, can't, you can't fall asleep in, in a Mission Impossible. You will. And remember, people who are going to the movies with Lucky, he gets handsy <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> I know. I've witnessed it. Should I bring my CPAP so, so I don't interfere with other people? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Yeah, you'll unplug the uh, the projector so you can plug in your CPAP. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> some, some guy behind me, why is my seat not reclined? <laughs> now, I'm watching a show, uh, Grace and uh, Frankie, with uh, Jane Fonda and uh, Lily Tomlin. Marie and I have been catching up on it. It's pretty funny. It's, you know, your standard kind of light sitcom fare. Anyhow, Charlie Sheen is in it. Uh, and uh, he sleeps with a, a CPAP. Right. And it, this thing, I, like, it makes me claustrophobic watching him lie with it. It's a full head thing, like yeah. straps on the top. They and the probably side. exaggerated for it. So yeah. yours isn't that big? No, but no. you can get, I remember the first one I had was like the full face. Yeah. Like a mask that oh. fit over your nose and mouth, and it was a, a massive, looked like a, like, I guess like a CPR type device. Yeah. Uh, and... That was claustrophobic. Yeah. Like it, you looked at it going, man, I, I I didn't feel comfortable. I felt like someone was strangling me or mm. in the middle of the night. Yeah, no, I, I don't know that I could do it. Anyhow, you got to have it. You got to have it. Sylvester Stallone bought back his dog, Butkus. That's right, yes. He previously sold him off when he was desperate for money. Butkus ended up co-starring with him in the first two Rocky movies. And Timothy Chalamet, he bought nosebleed season tickets for the New York Knicks when it was rumored that LeBron would be joining the team, he didn't. So Chalamet was stuck trying to sell off those tickets. <laughs> uh, Universal, we were just talking about the strike. They pulled a, a, a pretty uh, sleazy move. Hollywood writers and actors are accusing the studio, Universal, of doing some underhanded things. 
This is seriously low. Universal supposedly had the trees pruned on the sidewalks outside of its studio in L.A., which deprives people on the picket line of much-needed shade with temperatures rising. Oh. Like uh, 90 degrees. They did that on purpose, they think? That's what they're saying. And it's even worse because they believe the uh, the trees have been destroyed because they were pruned at the wrong time of the year, so they'll probably die. Right. And the trees were planted by the city, so Universal might not have had the right to mess with them. Gotcha. Yeah, it's getting ugly in Hollywood. It's a big weekend for Hollywood, actually. They got, uh, Barbie and yeah. Oppenheimer opening mm-hmm. up. Yeah, the Barbie thing is getting massive reviews. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd go see Barbie. For uh, Ryan Gosling, of course. Yeah, of course. I want to see that package. Um, the 50 best action movies, according to Variety Magazine. Okay. I'll give you the top 10 here. Bullet from 1968 with Steve McQueen. A movie called Seven Samurai in 1954. These are 10, 9, 8. We're going up. 10, 9, 8. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Aliens from 86. All right. Matrix from 99. The French Connection from 71. Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee movie from 73. Right. Raiders of the Lost Ark, 81. Okay. North by Northwest, a um, uh, Hitchcock movie, 1959. Die Hard in 88. Wow. And The Road Warrior, number one in 81. Really? Mel Gibson, you, you don't get one of your Tommy Cruise movies in the top ten. Or a James Bond. Or a James Bond. Yeah. John Wick. Yeah, not in the top ten. There's a lot missing from there that. Is. Now, it's the 50 best. Right. So I'm sure they're in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But for, to not make the top 10, I would, think, I would have thought one of the mission movies would have been in there, but it is not. And as you mentioned this morning, uh, Tupac uh, is still being investigated, the murder of Tupac. Las uh, Vegas police searched, uh, served a search warrant at a house in Henderson, Nevada, which is about 20 miles away from the city. It's related to the Tupac investigation. That's all that anybody knows right now. Tupac's sister said they're learning things the same way the public is. And his stepbrother says, I'm really not impressed with this late-in-the-game effort, though I appreciate it. It's late in the game. He had died, of course, in September of 1996. Yeah. It's late. It doesn't even begin to describe. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if, if, if they got information that leads to this, it's mm. pretty crazy. It's always impressive when you hear a story. There was... Um, it was a story of a woman who was murdered, I want to say, just outside of Ottawa, like in the 1970s, and they found her killer, like in mm. Florida, right? just recently. Yeah. You know, this guy would have been like, whew, I got, I got away with that. I, I, you would think so, yes, but then at some point when they saw all this, like, DNA stuff... Yeah. Coming about, there's probably some people who are very fearful yeah. of all the technology, whether it be, you know, even the, like facial recognition on your phone. Mm-hmm. They're probably thinking, I don't know if I want to use this. Yeah. Or all these fingerprint scanning technologies. Well, it's, it's if you watched uh, the billionaire murders, uh, right? The story of uh, Honey and. The Shermans? Yeah, the Shermans. I mean, whoever did that probably thinks. If you watch that uh, that documentary, it looks like they got away with it, but it's probably uh, eventually, inevitably, with the, something that high profile, right? It'll it'll be figured out. Remember a um, a video that went viral years ago of a guy sitting at his uh, computer in his office at work, and uh, his computer is freezing or causing him grief, and he just fr- freaks out and tosses it across the. Uh, the room, right, smashes yes. the keyboard. 
It's a classic. One of the early days of viral video. Well, there is a reason for his anger. But 20% of the time we spend on computers is wasted on computer issues. <laughs> that includes everything from your system locking up to programs that are just poorly designed. Study uh, study involved over 230 workers who spent at least six hours a day at their computer. Each person was asked to report things that slowed them down. The most common complaints were the computer being too slow. Uh, the computer freezing it, crashing. And that panic, too, you'd have in early days of computer when you were doing some, uh, you know, uh, homework, university, high school, college, and you'd be like halfway or three-quarters through something you were writing, and it would just disappear. On yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just disappear. <laughs> I had a few of those situations at university, I remember. You're writing like a long essay, like yeah. a long paper, and something happens. Like, come on, come on, recover, recover. Please. Yeah. Now, these uh, people that were studied are not kind of uh, your, uh, you know, older generation don't understand computer people. These are IT professionals or workers deemed to be highly competent with computers. Right. So I know a lot of us struggle, certainly, with many aspects. I mean, I'm so basic with it. Mm. I can get on the email. I can send an email. I can cut and paste some things. Uh, but uh, for the most part, when, when stuff goes south on me, I'm just lost. You're a very good uh, mouse slammer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm very good at that. Uh, pretty good at knocking the uh, the monitor every now and then, too. Yeah, because uh, I think that'll fix things. Yeah. <laughs> Smacking it always fixes everything. Get it harder. Yeah, and, and it, I know I know it's, it's not the computer. 90% of the time it's me just not doing something right. But uh, I... Uh, and it's always been that way, even when I was younger. My my oldest son is very good. Uh, his whole world is computers. He's built his own computer. He he works uh, with computers and technology every day. And so even when he was young, he was totally into them. And I remember one day sitting down at our... This is when we only had one computer in the house. Remember, kids? <laughs> yes. And you all had to share it. Right. Now everybody's got their own laptop. And But anyhow, we... Uh, we had this one main computer in the family room, and I was on it one day. And all of a sudden, the screen just started going like a million miles an hour, like just flying through every page. And I, I'm trying to hit stop and delete. I can't figure it out. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, Daniel, Daniel, come and help me. I can't stop the screen from scrolling How incredibly he? fast. He would have been about like 10. <laughs> <laughs> Six months. Right. Um, yeah, probably 10 or 11. And uh, it's just scrolling incredibly fast, and I can't figure out how to stop it. And he finally comes downstairs, and he looks at it for a second, and he looks at me, and then he grabs my pant leg and lifts my leg off the keyboard. <laughs> I had had my leg up on the desk, and I guess I was leaning on some key. <laughs> That's me in computers. Well... This is good news for Craigie to wake up to. <laughs> My mission to destroy people is taking another step forward. Okay. Uh, you started with the Bradys. Mm -hmm. uh, he's retired and divorced. Mm -hmm. uh, who else was on that list again? Megan and Harry Martin. Right, that's right. Rumors have it. Harry and Megan are having issues. Yeah, they're I've heard taking them. some time apart to figure it out. <laughs> A source says they're trying to figure out what hit them. Harry doesn't fit into Megan's tacky, Megan's tacky Tinseltown world, 
and he needs to find himself. Oh, my goodness. They're also under tremendous financial pressure to fund their California lifestyle. That stress, coupled with their emotional issues, has likely made life for the two of them a living hell. Sure, it's also me who's made their life a living hell. How are they under financial pressure? Because I think as much as we hear things like they took in X amount of millions of dollars from Netflix and this source of it, if you're not working with a steady stream of income and you're living a very high-end lifestyle, I'm sure they eat through that money. We've heard of many celebrities who eat through millions of dollars. But it's only been like, didn't they get like 50 million or something like that for that Netflix special? It's only been two years. How? And I understand, like, he, I think he had to take on some of the security costs and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But does it eat that quickly? It might very well have. Look, these two are very unstable. There's no doubt about it. I mean, with the way they have approached their life from leaving the royal family, him writing that book, all the, you know, very much share the with the world all of our chaos their need to be in the spotlight their need to be loved their insecurities all whatever is going on with the two of them and it seems like neither of them are that stable so when you've got two of you who are emotionally kind of a wreck right that, it can't sustain itself can he crawl back to the royal family at I this don't point? think so I think he'll find himself like his great-great-grandfather. He'll end up on some island somewhere. Right. Completely living in isolation. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very sad. And as much as I joke that I can't stand them, and I, I truly can't stand either of them, but it is, on a human level, incredibly sad. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the two of them have... It's like so many uh, couples who find each other. Like... What what was it that drew these two together that they both leaned on each other's emotional insecurities and issues and problems? Right. The two of them, I just think, are so fragile. Right. Well, it could be both of them have had major family issues. Yeah, it's a lot of that. And parental trauma and issues. Mm-hmm. And perhaps they get together and they talk through those issues a bit more and more and they find out, Maybe it wasn't them. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe your parents weren't the problem. You were. And and I said this from the beginning. That whole move to California, that would be so foreign to him. Mm-hmm. Like just taking him out of that world. As much as he begrudged that world, didn't like being under that umbrella for right. a variety of reasons, it's all he's ever known. Yeah. It's taking somebody off of an island in the middle of nowhere and dropping them in New York City. Right. It's 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 a crocodile Dundee. Right. Basically. Well, and perhaps it's it's the opposite for him because he as as much as he's still well known in L.A. Mm. He's not a star. No. Right. No. Whereas in London, he's a star. Yeah. And, you know, literally royalty at that point. Um, and, and so it, it's kind of like, you know, people, like for me, when, when you have a cottage, mm. you're like, oh, let's get out of the city, escape to the cottage. Mm. I love going to the cottage. Mm-hmm. Couldn't see myself living there. It's your next market. <laughs> <laughs>
Where is it? What town area? Where are you? Yeah, I guess the Bancroft area. Good morning, Radio station Bancroft. Good morning, Bancroft. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and for both of them, you're well. That's not true. He, yes, he's a star in London. She's not really a star anywhere. Right. I mean, well, she's, she's a, a big, name in she's L.A. A big name because she married him. Exactly. That that I think is probably also part of the problem. She took him to Hollywood, to California, where she believes that's where her life is. Right. But she's really nobody there. I mean, she uh, in the yeah, scale one of, big show in the scale and of she celebrity. She wasn't the star of it even. No. Yeah. In the scale of celebrity, she is so far down the list. Right. Had she not met and married him, we'd never hear of her. Mm. She'd be. She would have had the one hit and gone. Right. That would have been it. It might have still been running. She shut it down. Yes. Yeah. She killed her one. <laughs> one line of income. Anyhow, we'll see what happens. I mean, there was the rumors of uh, um, Sofia Vergara and her husband breaking up, and that became a reality. So. Right. We'll see what happens. No, this, although this one's been rumored for a long time, that they've been on the uh, well, I mean, people, I, well, people like you, yeah. There, there's been many in the in the Hollywood circles who have either been trying to break that up or predict that it's going to, that it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it would come as a shock to many people. No, that's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have me a tea and a crumpet. Yesterday. Uh, well, not just yesterday. Actually, for a, a couple of weeks now or more, I found out that uh, a neighbor of mine is uh, selling his house, and he's been in this home. He built this home. He's been in it for close to 50 years. And uh, him and his next-door neighbor, same thing. They were the first two houses oh. on this street when it was all just farmer's fields. They've seen some things. They certainly have. And I have sat and watched them. Um, over the last couple of weeks with uh, a real kind of touch of sadness, uh, melancholy, I guess, as they have seemed to be spending a lot of time together. The, uh, mm. the one guy, him and his wife, have decided to downsize. And they're staying within Oshawa, just moving to a smaller home. And uh, they have been gabbing on each other's porches the last uh, couple of few weeks and they both have uh kids that have you know been born in those homes raised in those homes they're both grandparents now and uh yeah it is with some sadness that i sit and watch them gab out right on the, uh, out on the front lawn so yesterday i saw them gabbing and i had finished up uh the uh, putting out the garbage and such so i grabbed a few beers and strolled over and had a nice little chat with them on uh on the porch and uh just learned about the neighborhood and who had come and who had gone. Right. I also realized from the from that angle across the street, my poo hut doesn't look so bad. <laughs> Maybe that was the beer. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the blurred vision. <laughs> I should walk around with a blurry filter on. Yeah, that's why they're drinking on their porch every time you see them. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, yeah, and it's just, you know, that's also something... Uh, of days gone by when you actually knew your neighbor and True. hung out with your neighbor. Right. And, and uh, I mean, you have to wonder what, you know, especially the one if he's you know, kind of downsizing mm. into, uh, but in the same area or mm-hmm. region, that you, know, you can't pick your neighbors. No. So if he really likes his neighborhood now and his next door neighbor, I'm sure the topic of conversation to him for the rest for him for the rest of his days 
will be how much he dislikes the new neighborhood. Well, Hopefully they move into someplace nice and it doesn't happen. But for so many, yeah. it's exactly what happens. He uh, he built this house. He loves this house. He is complete uh, has complete uh, pride of ownership. And I remember uh first couple of few years we were there, well, before COVID for sure, every Christmas they would invite all the neighbors over for a drink. So we'd go over there and it's a beautiful home. And... Um, and he would talk even then about how his wife was ready to oh, move on. And really? so I think she found this new place, like, kind of out of nowhere. I think this kind of got sprung on him. Right. Like, she finally said, you know, you we're never getting off this pot if I don't make a move. And I think he's doing it a tad begrudgingly. Yeah, which that's is not going to help. No, not going to help. And, and so is the other one moving, basically, would their decision come after this one? Like, did one neighbor decide first that they're moving, and then the next one said, well, I guess we might as well Well, go. no, so the one neighbor in a really, really nice home is the one moving. The one next to him that lived there forever is still staying. Okay. For now, they don't know what they're doing. Right. They have a, they have a home back in, uh, they're, they're Italians. So they have a home back in Italy that they spend a good part of their summers every year at. You know, see, kids, it's a different world for the seniors because well, there was once a time that they could buy a house <laughs> and have other things as well. Right. That, that doesn't work anymore. Uh, but there was a time. It was pretty good life for these seniors. Mm. They had a good run. But uh, anyhow, yeah, it's uh, it, it, especially in the evenings when I've had a couple of sips. I'm like, wow, there there is a great picture of life going by. Yeah. You know. And then I just watch uh, Two and a Half Men and <laughs> try to swallow that sadness. In the uh, 1992 movie Scent of a Woman, Al Pacino uh, repeatedly shouts, Hoo-ah! Right. And that is a military acronym that stands for Heard, Understood, Acknowledged. Oh. Yeah, there you go. The Departed is the only remake that's ever won an Oscar for Best Picture. Okay. Rick Moranis was the first pick to play Ace Ventura. He turned it down, so it went to Jim Carrey. Really? Yeah. As part of that Rick Moranis disappearing act that he did in the 90s, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Didn't he get attacked on the streets of New York City a couple of years back? Yeah, not too long ago. The cake in the movie 16 Candles. You remember right at the end when they're blowing out the candles on the cake because nobody had remembered her 16th birthday. That's just her and Jake. Yeah. With the red Porsche outside. That's right. Well, that cake was made of cardboard. Oh. And good that you remembered his name. Right. Michael Jordan originally wanted to endorse Adidas, not yes. Nike. But well. Adidas, they passed on signing him because the executives felt like he was too short to impress people. Really? He's well. six foot six, by the way. The uh, the movie makes it seem like it was a different avenue. Like they, the family didn't want to go that way. Oh, really? All right. No, if I you guess. haven't seen Air, it's fantastic, by mm -hmm. the way. It's very, very good. What executives at Adidas, I would assume, are no longer with Adidas that made that decision? Right. Nah, he's not good enough. Yeah. They wanted seven-footers, supposedly. Well, I think they they made it seem like it, that was the family of Adidas, right? Mm. Who, uh, who who had just taken over and the, the company was in flux at the time. Right. All day long I dream about sex. That's that right. Yeah, yeah. 
All day I dream about sex. Yeah. Uh, China drinks over a quarter of the alcohol in the world, but nothing you've ever heard of. Almost all alcohol they drink is a liquor called Baju. And it, I looked it up, and it's it looks like a sort of like a cognac. Okay. Yeah. Would you give it a try? Of course. <laughs> I'm sipping some right now. <laughs> Lovely. The owner of the New England Patriots, Robert Kraft, <clears throat> was able to buy the team because of the prior owner's financial difficulties, largely due to financing a Jackson 5 tour in 1984. <laughs> Yeah. The singer Gary Newman yeah. is uh, 13 days older than the actor Gary Oldman. Oh. Gary Newman, of course, here in my car. I go racing around. Right, yes. The only in cars. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I think we got it. Cheesy 80s crap. I'll keep singing it if you want. All right. Um,. And if you've ever considered eating an entire human being, oh jeez, <laughs> you know. I was watching Dahmer and I was thinking, mm, I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. I think even worse was remember that uh, the, uh, the soccer team from Chile oh, in the Andes Mountains. Alive that yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're Dahmer and you're eating your victims, it's one thing. When you're on a soccer team and you're eating your best pal, right? That's a problem. Right. Anyhow, if you had to eat your best pally. You'd take down approximately 81,500 calories. That many? Yeah. Okay, so we enough to survive. For uh, at least a few months. can't imagine I'd take down that many, cal many cal calories because I'd be hurling. Well, you'd be so... Tired time. You're such a picky eater. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what... I don't know. Would you go... Like, if you had to start toe-to-head, would you go for a thigh? Maybe. Yeah. But the, even the conversation makes me gay. <laughs> no. But Probably <laughs> stay away from the butt. You try to well, you try to stay away from parts that are too hairy. Right. That's the thing too. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's way too much thought given to this already. <laughs> Teddy Reader would know how to cook it all. I'd grab a cheek, perhaps. A no. on a cheek. Seems too personal. True. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully we never have to cross that bridge. Though well, if you and I were lost in the middle of nowhere, I could survive on you for months. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thought would be in my head because you would be screaming, eat me, at me, for the entire time we were lost. Especially if you got us lost. <laughs> it bite me. Here's the thing, too. No, not really. I give up so quickly. <laughs> and if we were lost in a mall... <laughs> <laughs> I'd lie down in the, <laughs> the middle of it and say, just end this now. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.